McNulty stunning for Emilio to get up above Cargill and find Bennett. It's into the box. McNulty cut back for Roberts. It's Gary Roberts no, from Bosby. are leading in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Mark McNulty, but a good chance by Doyle for McNulty on the edge. Mark McNulty oh, short yes. for Bosby. Smashes it past McCormack. One by Doyle. Finished by the returning Mark McNulty. First left blood for Bosby. They're in dreamland early here at Bratton. There's a through ball to Jamal Lowe. Jamal Lowe's onside. The flag stayed down. Jamal Lowe. Nonchalant. Fantastic. Brilliant. Pompey will be promoted at this rate. That is it. Pompey are champions. They won League Two in the most dramatic of circumstances. The PO4 podcast with Hugh Bunce. Proud to be Pompey. Hi Pompey fans and welcome to PO4 Cast episode 79. Well, we did Defenders last week and joining me back on the show to co-host it is Freddie Webb to look at midfielders. Freddie, how are you, mate? I'm doing very well, Hugh. Thank you. Um, yeah, this week's been great. Uh, for the first time in five months, I've um, left York where I live. Had a, had a day and a night in Newcastle, drank a lot of beers with some old friends. So that was fun and I'm ready to look at... Um, some of the realistic signings that put, that Portsmouth could potentially do in in the summer. Yeah, and there's been a little bit of scepticism of if we are going to go out and get some players, Freddie. But we've taken the approach here of who we think sensible on the level of what loan players we'd get in or people on free transfers. Yeah, precisely. I I know there's a lot of scepticism about Portsmouth probably not signing anybody, and yeah, it it might happen. Uh, if you, if you believe Catlin in the news, he said that Ports have had five spots. Two of them have been taken by Brown and Raggett. So that leaves three players. Depending on who they are, they might fill that out. But um, we're not we're not so sure. We don't know what the salary cap is. So some of it is guesswork. But yeah, hopefully that hopefully with the players that we've mentioned, they're at least on the re- uh, sort of similar to what Ports of are looking at. Yeah, exactly, and. I'll be honest, mate, even Bolton last season, who were absolutely broke, managed to go and get a load of players on loan to fill their squad. So if we can't go out and sign at least three players, then I'm going to go out to Fratton Park with a some sort of like angry voice or something. I couldn't think of what I was going to do, but I'll be annoyed. <laughs> yeah, precisely, because, well, the depth at centre midfield isn't really, that, isn't really there. That's where I've looked to. I think, I think on the wing is fine. Up front, I think still fine. But... Um, especially in the double pivot centre mid, uh, aside from Morris Close and Naylor. I don't think we have anybody. Maybe Owen Taggart could promote him. I'll have to look into him more myself, but we don't know. And then obviously at Cam, I feel like we've been searching for a Cam since the beginning of my life. So I've looked at a few players there as well because Andy Cannon can't do it all on his own there. No, I'm thinking of getting Cam question mark tattooed onto my next sleeve of my arm, mate, to be honest. Just to remind you, <laughs> we're still looking for one. Anyway, let's let's get into it, mate. But before we go into that, let's just have a quick chat. I think people are frustrated out there, understandably. And I just wanted to touch on that because I do think that whilst I understand it's difficult financially at the moment in this environment with COVID-19, etc. And the club's been doing really well to, to run at a profit, etc., I do think that maybe this is the time where you need to have, you know, I know that with my own company, for instance, you know, my the owner of my company, you know, put his hand in his pocket to support the staff who work there well and 
to make sure that we're still at the top of our game and what we do, designing spaces. So is this a time, Freddie? Do you think that, that maybe the eyes need to put their hand in their pocket and accept that it's not going to be turning a profit at this stage and maybe just invest a bit more in order to keep the club moving forward? Uh, well, that's that's the saying, isn't it? You spend have to spend money to make money. And I listened to um, Khaled Gune recently. He did really well on that uh, for most of the suggestions. And I know uh, he mentioned a lot about the model, about how they're not going to go completely mental, uh, like some of the clubs will. He said that some of the clubs already are spending, effectively spending money they don't have already on some of the signings for this season. But I think there's a balance. Yes, I, I, I like the fact that that is the model that Portsmouth have, have, at, have at the moment. I'm sure most people are. But you can't go around and tell me your aim is promotion and then not improve the squad this season when there's clear, clearly holes in it. And yes, we've got high expectations. It's because, well, it's Portsmouth Football Club in the third division. Of course we, of course we have high expectations. And we've been in the playoffs twice. So, so yeah, I, I do think without so without bolstering the squad this summer, I I don't see Portsmouth doing as well on the pitch than the last two seasons, and that's simply the upshot of it. And if it is the salary cap, if if Portsmouth let's say Portsmouth at the salary cap already, why hasn't that been mentioned in the news recently? So then give give people a bit of peace of mind. So yeah, it, it, I understand why it's all very negative at the moment, but I think it. I think um, yeah, we just got to wait and see. I suppose it's still a month until the season, and there's a month of um, the transfer window remaining. So we just got to sit back and see what happens. I suppose. Yeah, exactly, and I'm going to hold back any judgment on the basis of what still happens because we know what transfers are like. Sometimes Pompey have got their business done early. Sometimes it's been a bit later. So we'll have to see how the squad looks as a whole before the start of the season, you know, actually kicks off. And I think then we can actually make a roundabout judgment on, you know, how what we think of what's gone on, basically. Yeah, precisely. I think so, because um, there's still time to plan and prep for next season. And that's what should, that, that's, that's what the, the focus should be on at the moment. Exactly. And talk about planning and prepping, Freddie. We've done a bit of work here on midfielders we think we should sign um, or the club could potentially sign at the same time. So do you want to kick us off with your first player? Uh, yeah, of course. Um, as we mentioned before, all of these players are free transfers or loans because I'm assuming with pause of losing 700 grand a month at the moment, they're not going to buy anybody or, or and not give everybody a, uh, anybody a free year deal either. So, yeah, all, all these are free transfers and loans. And the first player I went for is uh, Sheaf. Sheaf uh, was on loan at Don- at Doncaster last season. I believe mm-hmm. so. Bear with me. Let me get my notepad. Yes, he was. Ben Sheaf on loan at Doncaster last season. Can play mainly in the double pivot. So the Ben Close role right next to Tom Naylor. And he's perfectly set up to either be a box-to-box midfielder or a deep-line playmaker. The thing that stuck out to me compared to... The other midfielders I have were his defensive duels. He has 10.1 defensive duels per 90. So very defensively strong in a side. And I saw him play for Doncaster against Portsmouth. Looked like a good player then. And yeah, I I think he could be an an excellent signing. A a more defensive option alongside Naylor. But he does have the ability to go forward and has a range of passing on him. So if Portsmouth can get him on loan... Have him as one of the players 
um, with Close and Morris to play next to Naylor, that would be good. Or he, And he might have the defensive capabilities to fill in for Naylor if he's injured. So I, I, I highly rate him. That's a good shout, mate. And I, I also saw him and thought he was... He's quite a good all-round midfielder, isn't he? He's not not the kind of player who necessarily will, you know, be that spark or that 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 cam player necessarily. I, I thought he was he was a pretty steady midfielder. What's your thoughts on that? Oh, uh, precisely. Yeah, I I, I think um, Portsmouth might need that option as depth because um, Ben Close can be really hot and cold. Portsmouth have lost without Tom uh, Tom Naylor um, in the squad defensively, but obviously he needs someone with the passing acumen to um, drive play going forward. And honestly, we haven't seen enough of Bryn Morris to know what sort of midfielder he is. Yes, we saw him twice in the playoffs, to everybody's surprise. And his performances didn't warrant the selection ridicule, in my opinion. But again, I think we need to see more of Bryn Morris to figure out what sort of midfielder he actually is and how he fits. So getting a player on loan like Ben Sheaf would tick a lot of boxes for the least amount of money, which obviously Ports of want to do. Um, some more stats that I think would be good. Two, two, 2.3 passes to the penalty area per 90 at 67% accuracy is okay. Again, it's not as high as some of the other more exciting midfielders that, I'm going, that we're going to mention later, but I still think he could be a solid choice of Ports of on loan. No, I think he's a realistic choice, isn't he? If he doesn't go back to Donny, basically. So I don't know what their situations are with signings because, you know, we've looked into the different players, but we haven't gone too deep into looking to each individual club and, and that kind of thing, as long as they haven't been signed up or mentioned in a brief sense. But no, I think it's, it's a, it would be a good potential signing. Um, and I'll lead into my one now. So I spoke about him in the last... In the last um, Spoke about in the last pod briefly when we had Gabe on it talking about defenders. If you haven't listened to that, go back and have a listen on whatever podcast provider you listen on. Jack Rolls, I've heard from the Spurs guys I speak to that he's probably not going to get a championship loan, although he definitely has the ability to. Obviously, he played at Cambridge last season, got five goals. I think he was player of the uh, play of the month in November. Um, he's pretty good at basically, he's pretty good at losing his man. Um, he's got that knack of being in the right place at the right time. Um, he's got 2.16 progressive runs. Uh, and as I said, he's a player who can score all different types of goals with his head, with both feet. Um, he can shoot from distance. He's there for a tap in. And I think that he's that sort of player that in the centre attacking midfield role, but he can play centre midfield. He might be the kind of player that Pompey actually needs to give that creative spark where potentially we've missed that, haven't we? Because the players playing someone like Andy Cannon and Cam good player not necessarily a natural cam um and i think that's where roles can actually maybe fill in he's already played internationally um for cyprus under 21s um and in addition to that jacket sort of knew him back when he was up there for the under 18s of spurs so that sort of lends to a bit more of a possibility potentially um and for yeah. those out there who know it um i know he outscored jordan sancho in the uh Jaden sancho sorry in the under 18s uh premier league so He's got a potential, but he's also done well for Cambridge last season. Yeah, he sounds like the sort of player who Portsmouth might need. In it, put, put, with Portsmouth's midfield, they, they play so much better when everybody's moving off the ball really well. And when Portsmouth dominate teams, the entire midfield on both sides moves off the ball really well, makes, the, makes those um, progressive runs, stretches the defence really well. And then we don't get then we don't play those long balls. So... Jack Rolls, even if he plays deeper or at Cam, 
he, he sounds like he could be really good for that. Reminds me of the Gareth Evans role two years ago when it when he was playing Cam and scoring all those goals. He just he just happened to be at the right place at the right time every single time when he when he was in the side, and he scored goals for fun two years ago. So maybe Jack Rolls can fill in that spot if um, if Gareth Evans isn't a, a preferred choice at centre attack and midfield. Yeah, exactly. I think that is the right thing. You know those sort of runs he makes through the box, arriving late in the box. Those sort of those sort of moves is something that Jack Rolls should be able to do. And I would actually be quite excited if we managed to get him on loan. I think that would be quite a quite a coup for Kenny Jacket. Right, yeah, it's a, it certainly does sound it. Um, one other player who I'm going to mention, again, another low knee, um, it's Jack Aitchison, Celtic under, ni- uh, under 19 player who was on loan at Forest Green. Yes, Forest Green last season. He is an out-and-out shadow striker, which basically means he is completely the opposite of what Andy Cannon is at centre attack midfield. Don't expect him to be the creative spark, but in terms of getting high up the pitch and helping the striker, he's very good at that. Six six goals in League Two last last year with um, 5.2 XG. So so he scored above expected and got five assists as well. So he wasn't a complete liability in terms of adding to the play. Maybe the few downside is yes, he was he was at League Two last season, and that was his um, first major loan. So whether he he could step up to League One, I'm not so sure. Compared to some of the other choices we've made, but that's the but, but this is the gamble development pick, isn't it? Portsmouth have struggled a lot uh, with the Cam being able to support the striker, but then they've also struggled with the link up play. So it's kind of a a catch twenty two between uh, which you focus on more. But if you want a Cam who kind of acts like a striker, but right behind the target man, Jack Aitchison could be the player. Yeah, and we look at Pompey and we see how someone like John Marquez, who is a striker, has struggled in that role. But actually, maybe that's what Kenny Jacket is sort of trying to get out of John Marquez, isn't it? Playing a striker in that Cam role, which who isn't actually used to it and doesn't know how to play there necessarily, is what I'd say about John Marquez. Um Whilst, you know, Eggerson does actually have it in his game to do that. So maybe Jacket would be open to that sort of move, bringing someone in who could also fill in as a striker if, if the top front two went down. Yeah, precisely. He he also has um, positional depth as well as a bonus. He could, He's mainly, aside from playing at Cam, he's played on the left wing and he could probably also play on the right wing as well. Again, similar to um, the Gareth Evans mould of attacking midfielder, and yeah, a potential option for Portsmouth, but maybe behind some of the other options we're going to mention, because obviously Harness and Evans are still at the club and can both play number 10. Whether 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 Kenny Jacket wants to do that next season, I'm not so sure, but I, I think either of those choices are better than having John Marcus at Cam anyway. No, definitely. I don't want to see John Marcus have to play Cam again. Really no, don't no I, don't, I don't either. Um, if I go on an away trip and he, and he is playing, I will go go back home. <laughs> I will literally get on the next train back home. I don't want to see that again. No, no do I. If that is the case, just don't play a cam. Play a different formation, a different system. Mm. It just doesn't it's work. Nice, We've seen it. We've seen it. It doesn't work at all. And whilst Freddie's only focused on central midfielders, etc., uh, I sort of had a look at players I thought who maybe were wingers as well, but could play in the centre because... Let's be honest, we don't know who's leaving as well. Um, and there could be a situation where one of our wingers leaves and Jacket looks at someone who's versatile on playing in the wing but could also fill this cam role. 
Um, so to that mould, I looked at Josh Martin, um, attacking winger for Norwich, plays predominantly on the left-hand side, can play in the cam role in the centre as well, has played there for Norwich, um, did make a senior team, team debut at the end of last season behind closed doors. Very well, highly thought of. The guys at Alonkarm Nodge, so uh, friends of the show, cheers for the, for the lowdown, lads. They're telling me that there is potential for him to come out on loan this season, although with the relegation to the to the championship, maybe he gets a look in at the first team. So it'll just depend on who, who Norwich go out and sign and where Norwich are. But he'd be a player that I'd be very interested to see play. He runs the ball very well. Um, he shoots from distance. He can cross pretty well. Um, and, and I think he's he's got a lot of confidence. In fact, before coming on here, Fred, I just was just double checking that nobody else had signed him because that's the kind of Muppet thing that would happen to me right before <laughs> recording. Um, and I had a look and he's, there's an interview of him in, in The Athletic, if you want to go check that out. Um, and it's just discussing how a player, you know, went from Luton to, to Arsenal and had that sort of starstruck sort of thing where you go to a big club and you're sort of thinking almost you're going to make it. And then this is sort of how difficult it is then to break into the first team and how he went to his agent and said that, you know, I, I sort of want to move somewhere where young players and their development is important. And that's what, how he landed at Norwich. Um, so, yeah. Good player. I, I I think that especially if someone like Ronan Curtis was sold, actually he could maybe potentially not fill the void, but be a player who would be brought in to do the same sort of thing as Ronan Curtis. But he can play in Cam. So you could potentially play Curtis, Martin, and on the right-hand side, you could play Harness or flip-flop them because he can play right wing as well. So Josh Martin from Norwich. Mm. Mm. So uh, it's good that um, players like that have the versatility to play anywhere in that, in that group of three behind the striker. Portsmouth do have depth on the wing, though. Even if Rowan Curtis leaves, you've still got Hackett Fairchild on the left wing. You've still got Gareth Evans, who could play both wings and Cam. And at right wing, you've got Ryan Williams and Harness as well. Uh, what makes Josh Martin stand out compared to the players in the squad already? To be honest, mate, if you look at it's his, it's his ability to score goals, um, as well as his ability to, to pick up the ball and run at people. And, and I think it's not just about... I mean, if you look at Hackett Fairchild, I don't think it's fair to say that we've had a very good, um, a very good look at him, have we? But Josh Martin no, really, Josh Martin has high end skill and high end ability, mate. Um, and Norwich see him as a big part of their future. Basically, I wouldn't be surprised if he came out on loan to us, going back to them next season and, and starting in, in the lineup. So he's got high end skill. He's he's got his head screwed on. I um, mean, he, he can score a lot of goals. He crosses the ball well. He's an all round good attacking midfielder, and he can play across the front three. I would say that if we lost one of our players, our high-end players, I think he'd slot in quite comfortably on that side and do some serious damage in League One. Yeah, that's something that Portsmouth might need to think about. Maybe not for a while, because, well, Ronan Curtis was linked with Brentford, but then Brentford had been linked with a lot of players. So we'll just have to wait and see on that one, I suppose. But it will be the sort of thing where if a side punts free plus million uh, some of Portsmouth's better players they're, they're out the window they're out the door exactly. exactly so so it's good that um, Portsmouth have a, almost like a backup short list of okay if the if some of our stronger players go we can use some of that money brought in by the transfer to uh, be a suitable replacement uh, I have some more centre midfielders two, uh, two more in depth that I'll go through uh, another player who was who was um, on loan in League One last season and did very well, played for Rotherham. Uh, Dan Balaza, he'd be on loan from yeah, Newcastle United, capped at, capped at youth level for Turkey and England as well. 
So again, high pre- pedigree. Last uh, last year in the league, seven point one expected assists with five assists, which is very good for a centre midfielder, especially what especially one that young at twenty three years old. Another thing that I really liked as well, his defensive duels. I'm sure Kane Jacket is sweating over this stat that I'm about to give you. He, he won 72% of his defensive duels with 6.7 per 90, which is 6.7 per 90 is average in League One. So he's he's not high up there like um, a Ben Sheaf is or a Tom Naylor is, but he's no such either. He's not going to get knocked off the ball in centre mid at all. Speaking of which, Ronan Curtis had excellent stats with defensive duels. So um, don't always believe that you need two bruises at double pit in those two centre midfield spots to be good. Two pressing players in the midfield, especially at home. Mm. Mm. Uh, he's an okay dribbler as well, but but the main thing is his range of passing. He is a proper deep line playmaker to be able to um, dictate the play whenever he receives the ball. Um, if you do play him in a similar way, if you play Ben Close in that centre midfielder role, the cam needs to be uh, very uh, mobile, agile, and move a lot off the ball, which is what Andy Cannon is good at doing. So um, those are the checks and balances that you have to think about when um, when picking a midfield like that. But yeah, Dan Balaza would be an excellent player on loan. Uh, uh, and yeah, part of a promoted side at League One, if he doesn't get a championship loan, a League One loan would be great for him. Exactly. And from what I've seen of him playing, he his key passes are particularly good, aren't they? He can hit a free kick like anything. He can cross the ball well. Um, he's good in the air as well. He's not some little shorty. He runs around. He's decent in the air as well. So I think that'd be an absolutely amazing signing. I do think they'll be quite difficult. Again, it's one of those ones that if, if they come in, then pat on the back to us and also to the management because that is... They are, you know, he's a very good high-end player who, you know, as we looked at before with, a, should we say, a player at Newcastle who Pompey were hoping to get on loan and then it fell through at the last moment. Um, Dan Basler is a player who has a big future and I think Newcastle will have a look at him in the summer and see where their squad sits. Not not in the level of they're going to think he's going to break into the team straight away or anything like that, but he's definitely a player for the future for them and Let's hope if he does get one last load in League One, it's, it's to us. Yeah, precisely. Well, um, that's what we have to think about when getting players on loan from uh, Premier League sides and even some championship sides. Yes, Ports have, have been stung by loan players before in the past where they're from sides like that, have barely played any league football and go in for six months and, to be quite honest, don't do anything and um, get um, almost knocked off the ball in the Football League. But all of these players are, um, are not worried about them doing that at all. And uh, Balazs would be an excellent pickup. It, it, could you it, even even without Tom uh, Tom Naylor, you could have him and Ben Close in the two centre midfield spots. Very very good pressing centre midfielders with with that both have a range of passing. I think Portsmouth would do some damage if they had those two there. No, exactly. Just as long as we didn't play two really dull holding midfielders, you're not allowed to cross the halfway line. But... We're, being, we're being positive here, Hugh. Don't, don't, Sorry, don't mate. Sorry, what happened. Sorry, <laughs> mate. Sorry, mate. Positivity. Positivity. All right, let's roll on with it. I'm just trying to think if we have anyone particularly. Oh, yeah, let's go pie in the sky. Uh, Bristol City has taken back Sammy Schmodick, so I don't think he's necessarily <laughs> going to come on loan. But you know what? Man can dream. Um, and he's out there 
Bristol City may be looking to offload some money on their wage on the wages, and they could take one and a half thousand pounds from Pompey if they want to loan him out. Yeah, well, well, I would I'll, obviously that would be a great signing, wouldn't it? But um, we don't know where what Bristol City's uh, squad looks like. They might want to trim some of the more expensive players in their squad, and then they look at Schmodix and go, you know what, we'll give him a, a chance in the Championship because he, he he's played a lot of. Um, League One and League Two football now. Not not a lot of championship. I don't think he's had a fair shake in that division. But yeah, um, obviously that would be at the top of the list behind players like Sheaf and Balaza and then players like Aitchison will be underneath. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it would be great to um, get an, get one more player in the centre midfield role. I do think the defence is more important, personally. Because with the back four we currently have, there's no way that Portsmouth are getting promoted. I'm sorry. Well, but, um, start, mate. I've heard he's gonna he's gonna come in and he's gonna prove me wrong for my one out of ten rating that I gave him. Well, did I give him two? I can't remember one or two. He gave him a one, I think. Yeah, I think it was based but, on the fact. Uh, yeah, and no one, and no one, wants, and no one wants him to do well more than me. I actually watched live the one, uh, one of the few games that he was good in against Sunderland. I thought he matched up very well next Christian Burgess, but then again. Yeah, I do think they need another option at centre-half and at left-back more than Cam and centre-mid if they have to choose. But yeah, so um, Ports will still have a depth issue at centre-midfield and Cam if injuries come about. Um, because really, I think Owen Taggart's the only player from the EU setup who might be capable of jumping in if, um, if the worst happens. The final player that I'll mention, I had one of a player, but I didn't look at him in detail, I mentioned him in January as the player that would get Ports of promotion, the player that Ports of needed. Drum roll, drum roll, please. That's my toy drum. Okay. (laughs) And that player is Scott Fraser, who was at Burton, but is now out of contract. And he is easily the best player, I think, on our list. And the player who will probably cost the most money since since he's a freebie. But if they can... If 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 um, the scouting team had their shortlist, even if they had defenders on it, Scott Fraser is the top of that list. Easily the top player on that list. Last calendar year in the league, eight goals, eight assists. Completely, he 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 managed to make Burton look excellent going forward. He was their main linchpin in centre attack of the field, which is exactly what Portsmouth need. Portsmouth have been crying out for that for years. And at 4.1 dribbles per 90 with 53% accuracy, he's up there with Cannon in terms of being able to press properly, close players down, recover the ball in the final third, and make those key passes that Portsmouth need. I genuinely think if um, if Portsmouth get him, if they can afford him, then he w- then it might change some of the expectations. And he is very good at gaining the ball high up the pitch, which is what Portsmouth need, and making those progressive passes. In terms of passing to the penalty area, 73% of them are accurate, with 3.4 of them per 90, which is one of the best in the league. And that's the same with deep completions, which is essentially long passes, high up the pitch, 2.5 of them per 90, which is, again, one of the best in the league. So, yeah, if, if Portsmouth had a limited budget and could only go after one more player, and Scott Fraser is that player, even with the holes it would leave at defence. That's it. Do one centre backs. We're gonna we're <laughs> gonna play whoever we want. Hancock, you're in centre back. Um, 
we'll, we'll get <laughs> Fraser. I, I honestly think that would be a game changer, as you say, of a, of a player to bring in and, and play in the midfield. But my only concern is if we were tight on getting getting him, you would have signed him for big money, wouldn't you, before the salary cap came in? Not yeah, oh, not fannying around yeah. being like. Mm. Oh, we're gonna have to wait and see what Premier League teams do with the clubs. Well, well, I think you would actually go out and give him the money and sign him, wouldn't you? Oh, precisely. Yeah, at twenty-five, he's entering his prime. I, a pre-COVID, um, in January, I remember saying Portsmouth should spend one point five million on him plus and give him a three to four-year deal. He's that good. So, yeah, Portsmouth might have missed the boat on him already, but it might also be the sort of thing where. His agents looking at the options he has. If Portsmouth's there, maybe he might go just for the size of the club alone. But obviously, most That's players it. now, most players now, I think would just go for the most lucrative option. So It'll it probably it just be the championship. It, it, yeah, precisely. It just depends if um, Scott Fraser isn't getting championship interest, it, and it also depends on. If Portsmouth have actual space in the salary cap, which we don't know because they haven't told us. They told us that, oh, the salary cap's really, really bad and we can't afford anybody. And then they don't publish the wage data and say, look, all these players are on this for three years and here are their bonuses. Here's an average of what their bonuses could be. And the best tool we have to look at that is football manager. And when that's the case, that's that's not good for anybody, is it? Well, I'll take that stuff very seriously. Thank you very much. Oh, no, I love football managers. <laughs> it's just that should football manager be the best um, software to look up way, uh, the players' wages? When no. in Americans, all that data is there. No, you otherwise you end up, end up like one of our co-hosts, Proudy. <laughs> <laughs> Only joking, Proudy. Love you, mate. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that, obviously, inequality, maybe this scenario pans out, right? Hear me out. Brighton buy him, sign him on a on a and loan him out to us, realizing they want to loan him out. Maybe. Well, it depends if you think he can step up all the way to the Premier League. It depends. Well, I don't really I, think that. I think, I think he's a realistic wage option. Yeah, I think he's a championship quality midfielder. He's a championship quality midfielder. Will he go to the championship? We'll see. If if not, mate, if we pick him up. We had to say it because if we don't say it and Pompey pick him up, we'll be kicking ourselves. We'll be kicking ourselves, oh, mate. Just, yeah, uh, we wouldn't be doing our um, our jobs properly if we didn't mention. So. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, is there anyone else you want to mention, mate? Um, or have we extorted our ideas on centre midfielders? Uh, in, ter- in terms of um, looking at them in depth, uh, those are the ones that I mentioned. Uh, we can go over some other things that have happened this week. But yeah, for centre midfielders, that's it for me. And yeah. I do hope that all of this negativity about Paul sort of not signing anybody and basically writing off the season isn't true. But, um, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. And uh, I just want some uh, some honesty from the club if that is the case. Like they did when um, they, re- they, they released that article when they said they're losing 700 grand a month. Why didn't they say that earlier? <laughs> they, yeah. they, they should have mentioned that ages ago. So, so fans actually understood and... and um, there isn't seemingly an outcry every two every two minutes when the club isn't doing anything. If the club is generally struggling for money, why don't they just come out and say, "Look, we're at the salary cap. We're losing X amount a month, and we'll do for the foreseeable until crowds come back." And yeah, and then I think people would be less pissed off, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. But talking about seven hundred thousand pounds, Freddie, 
as you just said. And, you know, nice little segue there. Apparently, we're going to earn 700 grand. So, on your bike, Jamal. Come back down to Pompey. Let's have a <laughs> let's have let's have a Jamal Whitlow on the right wing, Marcus Harness at Cam, and uh, if we haven't got one of the lovely players we spoke about, and Ronan on the left. Well, that uh, that that's a midfield that would that should get promoted in this league. I'll not say the reasons why it shouldn't, because for positivity reasons, yeah, um, it was broken in the news in the midweek um, on the uh, Wigan paper initially, and then in the ports of news that. Um, that Wigan are uh, holding up for a higher offer in Jamal Lowe because they still owe Portsmouth £700,000 in fees for transfers. He was sold last year for £2.5 million. It's a standard procedure for most clubs now to stagger transfers. And so, yeah, hopefully Wigan don't capitulate and that money should it will be at Portsmouth next year because I thought £2.5 million was what Jamal's value was at the time and I thought it was a good deal and yeah we just have to wait and see if that if that money turns up and and uh, the, I assume also that Jamal has some sort of um, sell-on fee whether it's a flat sell-on fee so what like Connor Chaplin so whatever money he goes for um a percentage of that goes back to Portsmouth it's profit mate I think is it is profit. it profit if, yeah. if it is and that what it basically means is any money over the two and a half million, a percentage of that would go for Portsmouth. Um, if it's that, it won't be a lot, I don't think, because the administrators will be uh, basically in fire sale mode. For example, Keeper Moore only went for two million pounds of Cardiff. So that's kind of the level that we're going to try to sell at. So we'll see. Hope, again, hopefully Portsmouth get that money. That will help um, with the monthly losses. And yeah, uh, I think that's the only ma- major bit of news that's happened this week for Portsmouth. Apart that's from people grumbling about salary cap and uh, and an inactive club at the moment. Here's a quick question for you: um, If we haven't got any other strikers signed up, right? And we have Harrison, we've got Marquez, etc. But who's going to be the third striker? Are we actually going to give Alfie Stanley a chance to come off the bench? I don't think in the current situation, Portsmouth should sign a third striker in comparison to the other holes that um, the squad has. First of all, who are you going to pay? What sort of player is going to come in and expect very little minutes next to Harrison and Marquis? I don't think any. There was no way that Hawkins was going to re-sign for that to be the third striker. I don't expect anybody else to either. If somebody comes in as the third striker, you're probably overpaying them for the sort of player that they are. I've seen Hackett Fairchild play striker a couple of times for Bromley. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the third option, again, depth-wise. Ahead of Alfie Stanley. Are... Yeah, I don't know a lot about Alfie Stanley, to be honest, quite honest with you. What sort of um, what sort of youth player is he? Well, he's just come through the academy. Obviously, he's going to give him the offer. But let's be honest, he's a young player. He scored a lot of goals. I can't remember what the stats. I think it was 20 and 20 or something like that. But we saw him training with, with the first team lads, uh, even around the playoffs and stuff like that. So, obviously, he's been in and around amongst the squad. He's the only other real natural striker we have left in the squad, basically. So, I was just wondering more on a basis of, are we actually going to use these young players um, that the club have been saying we're going to do and are these players going to get a bit of time at least on the bench or if not to come off the bench when needed or to rotate the squad yeah and more importantly are they ready for that step up in the first place because um, I think I'm planning on looking a bit more into Aaron Taggart because he looks like 
the main prospect, that's the, the main young player that's not already in the first team. I think Hadji Manoga is basically nailed on as the backup right back, which I agree with. Yeah, yeah. And Hancock, maybe, as the backup left back, but I'm less uh, sure. Hancock, about, isn't Hancock got injured? Didn't yeah, he? exactly. Um, uh, yeah, I think so. And I'm not so sure with him being the backup left back. And I'm sorry, but you can't go into the season with anyone natural left back. For you can injuries. Lee Brown, mate. Yeah, for injuries and the fact that all the cups are coming back as well. The 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 worst trophy in the entire world, the EFL Trophy, is back without a sponsor as well. So the prize money is even less than it already is. That is pitiful, so, isn't it? The fact so, that they so actually it, they can't even get a sponsor. No, they can't even get a sponsor, and they're and they're making ports of play free extra games effectively. So there'll be a game in September, October, and November when Portsmouth mm-hmm. haven't even played the final yet. Thankfully, because that money, the playoff at the uh, EFL Trophy final money, should be locked up already because they've already mm-hmm. allocated that money, surely. So hopefully, there shouldn't be any issues with that. But yeah, based, Port- based on ticket sales as well, isn't it? Um, the revenue we get from it, and I guess if we all get our money back for that game, then the revenue goes back to the club. Won't get the revenue for that. Mm-hmm. Um, just talking about defenders, mate, and covering. I, I a little look on this is a bit of a, a naff source, but at the same time, it, it's interesting. If you go to the Ports of FC website and you look at the first team squad, right? If you go to defenders, obviously um, we're looking to see who could be left back, and Harvey Rue. Rue, I think R E W Rue, yeah, he's um he's actually been included ahead of Hancock um in the squad. So Hancock's not actually listed in the first team, but this um Harvey Rue has been listed. Um, I mean he's born in two thousand two. He must have been nineteen years old. Yeah, yeah, eighteen, nineteen, eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, get the get it right here. Um, <laughs> and then if you scroll down to have a look at who's in and around the squad in in the forwards, you've got Taggart's listed listed as a forward. Probably just to bulk it out. Um, yeah. Along with Hackett Fairchild as well um, in there as well. But they're the players that have been mentioned as first team inverted commas players uh, with Duncan Turnbell being inserted into, as the third keeper in the first team squad. Mm. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Hackett Fairchild actually since you've mentioned him. I do think he deserves a chance. Had a lot of problems with injuries when he came in. So that's why he wasn't on loan and only played I think one EFL trophy game. So it'd be nice to see him at left wing if... Um, for rotation to give Ronan Curtis a rest because I do worry with the lack of squad depth. I do I do worry it's going to be like two years ago. For can you imagine Ports of playing sixty plus games again with the current squad that we have? They're they're no. going to be absolutely knackered come playoff time if they get there. So um, yeah, yeah, absolutely uh, knackered, mate. Absolutely shattered, wouldn't we be? I, I see um, Hackett Fairchild as well. He he originally signed on a two year contract, and the club will also have an extra option for a year. So he saw us signed up, isn't he, for this year with another year option. So hopefully get we get to see him a little bit and work out whether he's a player who actually can, you know, make a name for himself or at least, you know, get in the team and make a difference a bit as a squad player. Yeah, precisely. Well well, why would you not why would you um sign young players like that in the first place if they if you don't think they're ready for the first team if if called upon? Kenny Jacket likes signing those players, young players as depth in the squad. But if you do, then but then you don't trust them. Then what's the point? You may you, you may as well sign um, the, the, the players who are ready to play in that league who have been there and done it as your backups instead. So yeah, we, well, we've seen it before. We, we, we've got a mixed record of it. When Cannon got his chance, he took it. 
Mm-hmm. It looks like Bryn Morris would be given more of a chance, which, depending on who you are, there's potential positivity around that. I hope he proves people wrong. And uh, But then you've got cases like Lewis Dennis, who looked like he could have been a player who could have been very useful for Portsmouth when they were struggling at Cam again, but he was never even the chance and went to Leighton Orient. His career hasn't panned out the way that I thought it would have gone when he when he was playing for Bromley. But yeah, as I said, it would be it would be nice to see those players, and they will have to step up considering the um, the cap registrations. Yeah, no, exactly, mate. Um, and by the way, actually, Fairchild actually signed in January, didn't he? Stupid comment. So actually, we've got one and a half years of his contract left with it a further year as an option. Mm. And yeah. it, and he's also got a Twitch channel if people want to go and look at that. I don't know. I don't know what games he's been playing, but. It, it, it's nice to see um, players having a bit of character about them to do to do stuff like that because you can imagine some people would rip, rip him to pieces if he's playing video games. Oh, just focus on your football. No, <laughs> it was during lockdown as well when people said that. I think some people did say that, um, and it's like he's locked down. He's probably going running at the same time. The man's oh, allowed focus, to have focus on your football. What, what, what do you want him to do? Have gym sessions in gym sessions in his garage. For three Sub- hours, Sub- and it'd go on two five k runs a day. Streams of UTA live. <laughs> That's what I reckon. Football manager who could take over Portsmouth and show Jackie how to run the club. Show Proudy how to manage Portsmouth. Well, you know. Oh no, I get, no. That's that's twice that we've we've had to dig it in. No, we we shouldn't do that. Sorry, Proudy. Yeah. No, I'm not sorry at all. Anyway, I think I think that's the end of end of the episode, mate. Uh, I can't think of anything else to talk about apart from this, which is not going to be. Not as positive. So, mate, thank you for coming on the show. Tell people who don't listen where you can find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at freds.w. Um, all, all the stuff that I do write or and do talk about is on there. The most recent thing I did was I went on Nips, which live streams talk about Hawkins for a bit, and they really liked it. And if um, uni work sorts itself out, which I'm still doing uni work because of... Um, because of COVID and so on, but when that when that dries up, I can write more for Poppy News Now. I write articles on there, pompeynewsnow.wordpress.com, and uh, you can find you can hear more of my thoughts on Portsmouth on the PO forecast. So uh, uh, there's a fair few episodes would be on there now, and yeah, it's been great to chat and write about Portsmouth for what what seems like a while now. I think it's over a year since I started doing it, so um, yeah, it's been it's been good fun. Yeah, mate. Mate, it's always fun having you on and um, guessing people appreciate it. Otherwise, I wouldn't bother listening. But thanks again, everyone, for listening. And until next time, Pert Pompey. You have been listening to the PO Forecast for Pompey News Now. Available on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow PO Forecast and Pompey News Now on Twitter for more information. And there is the full-time whistle.